Have you had work done? You can talk. I'm Shelby. I'm Colin. And I am Jace. And tonight we're going to go headfirst into Revolution of the Daleks. Da-da-da. So what revelations have we had about the Revolution of the Daleks? <laughs> well, well, let's put... Go ahead, Michael. Well, let's put it this way. I've never seen so many aliens in a jail cell before. <laughs> That's one thing. Yeah, so I have to I have to give them credit for the, the diversity in their in their prison system at the very least. Well, I, I think it's more the diversity in the criminals, but yes, <laughs> there, this is an automated jail cell or or prison, so there's really no no guards or anything. It's all electronic. Yeah, I, I wonder what would happen if you did something bad or wrong. You'd probably get electrocuted. Yeah, there does seem to be a lot of electric. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they had plenty of you know enforcement drones and stuff. Right, but we do see a lot of old adversaries, such as the Ood and the Sikorax and and the Silence. I almost forgot you were here. Yeah, Weeping Angel, Bonnie and Clyde were the you... names that the Doctor gave to the Ood and the Sikorax. Oh, and then also the Pating was there. Oh, yes. The Mighty Pating. The Mighty Pating report. The Mighty Pating. You mean yeah. that talking marshmallow? Actually, no, that wasn't even that one. That's a different one. I know but, the difference. They both look like marshmallows with eyes. We are for sure burying the lead here because the most interesting individual who was in this jail with the Doctor was, of course, Captain Jack. Yes. He had a very good introduction back into Doctor Who with the Doctor, I think. Especially since the uh, classic line that he did with David Tennant was placed in here as well which is the one um, that we did in our intro yeah exactly but yeah. um but I like his I, I like how they kind of had continuity with some of his first appearances where where the doctor's like how did you smuggle these things in and he's like you don't want to know Classic. Uh, although, also, it, it's like you you just see a lot of, um, and I assume a lot of this happened in Torchwood, but um, a lot of personal growth in Jack and how he, he like, addresses his own immortality um, from the last time, you know, he was in Doctor Who because when we saw him in, you know, the David Tennant era, he was still very much, like, kind of hiding it and uncomfortable about it. Um, and then now he's flaunting it, you know, in classic Jack fashion. So it's sort of like, it's nice to see him getting more comfortable with his situation. Oh, yeah, it's great. And, you know, I love Jack as a character. He's a, he's a big crowd pleaser, too. You know, it was great that he was he came in. Honestly, with the teaser with him in the last season, I think he should have been peppered throughout for a long time and had more of a definite, you know, um, future with the series going forward right here. But 
you know, before we get too caught up in Captain Jack, coming back to the prison uh, part of it all, I, I felt a little bit let down by it. I, like, almost like, wh- why did we even go here and do this? Like, in one, um, like, I feel like the the cliffhanger of the last season was that the doctor just got captured. And it was almost like, for what, for why? Because it was just a click of the wrist, you know, of Captain Jack to come out and, and save her. Um, which was a very minute part of this whole episode. Um, I but, feel but, like it wasn't that fair to us because they did make it a huge point to leave it at, oh, the doctor's in jail. Yes. And I don't feel like the breakout was as dramatic as it should have been. Like, they built up all this anticipation of the doctor being locked up, and then it was like, oh, hi, Captain Jack here. Here's a ball. Boom, we're back in the TARDIS. It just was like, okay, what? Why? Okay. I mean, I understand that, you know, in order for it to not be boring, that can't be, like, the main big explosion part of the whole show but at the same time it's like i wanted more like i feel like we all deserved more they could have had a massive jailbreak story that could have been a great story yeah well the explanation that they did give was that the doctor ran from the jadoon which he did do in his 10th incarnation back in series four but yeah, and 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 Ruth Doctor too. This is basically reintroducing the Jadoon to a whole new audience. With from and a decade ago, no, 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 it no. really doesn't matter. No, Michael, she's referring to last season, like her as like the Ruth Doctor, oh, okay. um, who was evading the Jadoon, and that's how the Doctor got involved with her, and how she found out she was actually a Time Lady in disguise, and one of the Doctor's previous regenerations. Yeah. Okay, but that's still a very weak uh, way of, of doing it. It's a quick reference back there, too. The yeah. Yeah. Of course, they did say, she did mention having, like, 7,000 counts against her of something. But we don't have any real concrete anything against her. We just know that 7,000 counts. Well, what I, think I mean, is, I think it's just sort of disrupting the order of the universe. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we saw there's a great Peter Capaldi episode, you know, where it shows like all the, you know, deaths that he's responsible with. You know, just the massive change that the doctor inflicts upon the universe. I think, you know, someone's going to have a lot of charges and bounties and, and whatnot um, going against the doctor for sure. I can look past that. But what I found, you know, really disappointing also about the prison sequence is clearly the, the doctor was there for a long time. Um, you saw like the hash marks and there was no progress towards getting out at all. You know, I, I just feel like the doctor has been set up in so many other contexts to get out of so much, many more daunting prison like situations um, that it was really kind of just hampering of the character. Well, OK, no, because I, uh, sorry, I disagree with that because I think that for one thing, the, the doctor was pretty clear in a later uh, conversation with Ryan that she was essentially just kind of sulking. And the doctor's been known to sit and sulk and mull things over and have a little emotional breakdowns for periods of time. At least the eleventh doctor did it um, for a while. And this didn't seem so, like just a period of time. Well, years and stuff. But anyways, also you remember? I mean, like waiting out a prison sentence also could be the doctor's plan. I mean, the doctor has recently spent you know four and a half billion years in solitary confined prison. You know, as part of a plan before, I feel like waiting it out a few decades, especially when you know you're, you know, effectively immortal, you know, isn't that big of a deal. Which I feel is like kind of 
not the best thing to do for Jody's character, given that she's like the first female doctor. Like, let me wait for Jack to come save me because clearly I've just given up. Oh, but it also makes right. sense. Like, Jody right. has seen a bit off the entire her entire run. Maybe there's a reason behind it. I doubt it, but eh. Yeah, I just feel like she could be written a lot more powerfully than she is, especially when you contrast her to previous incarnations of the Doctor. Not she's not a weak character in the slightest, don't get me wrong. But just the power behind, you know, some of the speeches, the weight, and the way that, you know, she she when she falls and how she falls. It it just seems, you know, a lot weaker in comparison. I think that comes down to the writing, uh, going back to Chidnell himself. I mean, Chibnall is not the worst writer ever in the universe or anything, but he does tend to kind of, he's, I don't know, he seems to dumb down the Doctor a little bit and make her a little bit weaker sounding, not necessarily weaker as in character. Um, and I think a lot of people have, have noticed that. You know, I think it's that he's trying, I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to make the Doctor more relatable. And missing the point that the relatability part comes in through the companions, you know. The Doctor, you know, can be strongly, you know, flawed or, you know, too strong or whatever. That's, you know, part of the character. It almost seems like, to me, Chris Chibnall wants to, you know, or or maybe just good at doing these kind of blockbuster kind of moments like a spy fall or... You know, something where you have some explosions and you have some big, you know, flashy character arcs. But when it comes to, like, the long-term character development and pieces through it, there's there's a lot that's lacking and, and missing. To go with that relatable comment, I remember back in the previous episode, The Timeless Children, Graham approaches the doctor to talk about his cancer. And she just kind of shrugs it off and says, I don't know what to say. And that's the end of it. And I... I I don't know if that's relatable or not. That's a fair point. That was a very unrelatable type of... (laughs) It just seems like if she's going to be more relatable, maybe maybe you're right that he's trying to make her more relatable in this episode. That's also just how the doctor is. I had cancer. Okay, cool. Let's move on. Because all our life she has to move on. She can't let little things like hold her back. I mean, she's used to being like, okay, this happened, it's over, let's keep moving forward. So it's, I guess it's hard for her to kind of put herself in Graham's position, be empathetic. Yeah, bl- blind today, saving the world tomorrow. Yeah, and, and yet she did seem to be much more empathetic about the amount of time that's passed, that she like left her commands there in a way that the Doctor does not tend to be. It's just more like, whoops, I guess we're a few years late. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it could have also been that she saw the effect it had on them. I mean, keep in mind, David Tennant, for the longest time, couldn't let go of Rose, and even Captain Jack brought up Rose in this episode. So, I mean, he really cares about his companions, and he was probably like, or she was like, oh, I left them all this time. I've had so much, and she also had a lot of time to think about anything she wanted mm-hmm. to, though. She also got a really good shove from Yaz, which I thought was an amazingly good reaction for a companion not seeing the Doctor for so long. More because Yaz wasn't sure if the Doctor was even alive or not. And it's a, it is for me, when your best mate or your best friend isn't there forever, and then they just show up ten months later, you'd probably want to give them a good shove. It reminds <laughs> me of this one time I was working at a store, and this, like, and this parent like lost her child, and... The child was like, or the parent was like freaking out, and I had to get everyone to go find this child, and she was worried and scared, and then we found the child, and the mom was like, thank God, and then was like, dude, what the hell? 
<laughs> like that, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that makes sense. But speaking of companions, um, I love Captain Jack. I'm glad that he's back. But I feel like he was acting differently than he normally does. And I think that kind of comes out a lot more when he has his, like, one-on-one time with Yaz, which I thought was amazing. Like, I wanted to see more of those moments in, like, Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who moments. Because, you know, I don't know, Captain Jack, he just, he seems like he's been through a lot. I'm not talking about his age, but just the way he was behaving and acting seemed seemed unusual for him. You know? Yeah, for sure. He hasn't seen the Doctor in forever. Yeah, but that was, awesome. that was definitely a powerful connection between the two of them. Um, it was a really good scene. Yeah, it really was. It was one of the better ones, uh, I think. And, and I think it was one of the better, you know, Captain Jack Shine moments. Um, I really liked it coming through. like, you don't get to choose when your time is over with the Doctor. Um, but I like how it parallels on the other end when Ryan just kind of chooses to end his time with the Doctor. To echo what Jace was talking about, if, if you see... If you've seen Torchwood, you know that Captain Jack has lost a lot of people in his lifetime and has gone through uh, hell and high water. So Jace can hit that on the head without even seeing Torchwood. <laughs> I mean, I would have an idea. Like, I know Torchwood exists. I know he goes through his own, like, situations and issues. I'm just saying, like, time has really taken a toll on him, and you can kind of see that. He was like, oh, by the way, I just waited 19 years for you. No big deal. Let's get out of here. But also, hey, here's your team. Let's go fight some Daleks. You know, he understands that. You know what? Life is crazy, but, like, you know what? Let's just go blow up a ship. Right. You know? But you can also tell, like, you know, he's definitely been, like, worn down. And I feel because this doctor is so not super open with her companions about her background and her life story, as the doctor typically is with um, the doctor's past companions, I feel like Yaz really needed that talk from Captain Jack because, you know, they haven't revisited a lot of um, her previous companions or like friends and all that kind of stuff like they're still kind of not sure who the doctor really is to a degree as the other you know doctors have gave to their companions well with that said even the doctor doesn't really know who she is (laughs) well yeah (laughs) well i'm glad you brought that up because that actually pulls back to you know a few doctors along the lines have been like, you know, I think Peter Capaldi actually said, you know, I'm the doctor and not the Daleks. And that was kind of echoed here with Jodie when she was just like, now I understand who I am. I fight the Daleks, you know, and I'm the doctor and yeah. I fight, I take care of the Daleks. Yeah. And that, that's sort of been, you know, a dark streak um, underlying the doctor kind of throughout is, you know, the doctor always has a special sort of hatred for the Daleks. And, uh, you know, so this might be indicative that maybe, you know, Jodie's going to get some more darkness put into her character, which um, I think would probably be really good for her. I would love that, honestly. I just want to see the Doctor have some edge in her. Like, I think in this, she showed most of her acting range and more than anything she's ever done before. You saw her, like, pretty happy, but you saw her, like, when she has literally put her mind through hell she was relatable she was compassionate she was loving but she was also dedicated like if we just took that and just kept that like consistent or even just pushed it even further i'd be actually excited to watch her episodes and honestly i i i feel like the actress really is powerful it's just like the situation and the writing behind it you know not as much And, and maybe you know there's opportunities for her to improvise more um maybe she's not allowed that that opportunity or maybe she wouldn't be good at it but so there's, there's a mismatch between what you said, a great range, and, 
you know, I, I think the lack of the great doctor, you know, highs and lows that we typically see in love. Which is weird because he seems to have done a really good job of capturing Jack's dialogue, but not so much with capturing the doctors. Or maybe it's well, yeah. he only how many pieces of dialogue did he have to write for Jack? That's a good point. Maybe someone else even helped him with it. I think with uh, the doctor's dialogue, it also got a little repetitive because she kept talking about the Daleks. And I understand the importance of getting the idea that the doctor hates the Daleks. Yes, but we already know this. Anyone who has a brain for Doctor Who knows this. Like, thanks. Oh, yeah. yeah, Like, like, you know, in the scene where they were just like, what's up with Earth? And they're just all like, Dalek. And everyone in the room is like, (gasps) we all know what that means. It's like a great moment when all the companions are on the same page. And I love it. And and this is a theme that's consistent. You know, uh, all the Daleks, it's a menace. But it always comes back to one Dalek is a huge problem. <laughs> yeah. Just and Dalek. Daleks. You have, you have one seller was... two clones into a Dalek just happen about and then, you know. All right. Yeah, let's get into that. That was an interesting thing because, honestly, I understood why that guy, I think his name was Leo, um, would clone the Dalek. Because in that situation, yeah, if you have the technology and the, you know – time and the capability to do it like i'd probably clone that and i'd probably think whatever it produced was beautiful and i thought that that was just kind of like a very believable way that the dalek could have come about i would go through an institutional review board first before doing my genetic experiments personally but you know whatever this is why the doctor likes the human human race though we we are innovative and so we take on that 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 whole Discovery thing, but the problem that Leo had the only the only aspect of Leo's character that uh, that I did didn't make any sense was when he was told to destroy the Dalek. He opens a container and lets the Dalek. Take well, over. I, I think he was gonna try to save the container, which yeah, I agree, seemed dumb. Yeah, I don't think that was necessary, and and that's kind of it. Just seems a little bit odd. Yeah, I I I thought that was a little bit weak, too. But what I thought was very strong about it was, you know, him quickly explaining, oh, you know, I was trying to examine to see how intelligent it was. I hooked it up to this network to try to see it. And then, like, in those brief seconds, as we know, the Daleks are capable of this, it reached out and did, you know, millions of things and, you know, was able to then hack into there and set up all of, you know, the cloning farm and stuff. It was, you know quite efficient and terrifying type of Dalek. It was terrifying, and it's not very often that we see a Dalek outside of its, like, Dalek shell, and the fact that we got to see an entire scene where they were acting like those, for like, like those squishy things from Rick and Morty, kind of, remember, <laughs> that, like, stuck on their faces? Yeah. This is, like, the most we've seen, like, a naked Dalek in action. Doors it was just disgusting. And very creepy, very, like, men in black. Even Jack Robertson said, oh, my God, what, he, his, okay, Jack Robertson is, of course, back from Arachnids in the UK, and he sees this clone, and he's like, oh, my God, this is so disgusting. Why in the world would you do such a thing? And that was actually one of the more realistic reactions, and it came from a character that most people didn't like in, the first, in his first episode. In this episode, I feel like his character actually did more of the realistic things that most normal humans would probably do. 
or at least what you're screaming at the the horror movies to for the characters to do, like when they're doing something stupid. Right, <laughs> exactly, and right up until the point where he turns around and betrays all of humanity, and it doesn't seem necessarily out of character for him, although it's extremely surprising. And I just felt like his whole arc throughout this episode and how he managed to spin it back around and be like, "Oh yeah, J.K. guys, I was just you know duping the Daleks so I could betray them later," and like becoming the savior of the that. world. Well, no, it sounded like everyone did on the news and stuff. And well, of course, they're easily manipulative. They're well, sheep. they're led to believe he saved the human race. Exactly. Like I think that I Are just think his his whole you know character arc was really interesting. I think he became a much more, you know, fascinating um, character in, in this one than he was in the previous, and he's really set up to be in a lot more episodes moving forward as, you know, like a villain on the sidelines type of thing. I don't really like him. Well, you're, you're not, not supposed, supposed to like him. But he's, <laughs> he's they're also obviously trying to embody Trump again in this character oh my god don't get me started on that i saw so many parallels in this episode to today's society like when it first started out and the three of them went on top of that bridge i'm like oh michael look it's capitol hill (laughs) oh do you know what i think was the creepiest political moment of this episode Uh, the british prime minister's just speech about how we crave security these days in each and every corner Oh, that was so chilling. Because, you know, yeah. the 13th Doctor's um, entire run is basically known as just being very political. Yeah. So that was the nail on the head. It was almost like you're, you're, the nail's hitting your own head, uh, in a sense, because it's, it's a little too in your face. And that's the style that Chibnall has had this whole time. But it was, there are some chilling moments, I'll give it credit where it do. There was one point in that speech where I swear she was going to say, make America great again. But one, they're in Britain. Two, ugh. And of course, yeah. as as the Secretary of Technology, she's meeting up with this Jack Robertson person who has taken the design of a Dalek well, she and decided to make these security drones. 3D printed not nonetheless. Security drones. So, um, And He's making them obviously into the image of a Dalek. And I must admit, when I first saw the new Daleks, I was worried that that was going to be the actual Daleks. Fortunately, in this story, that wasn't the case. And, but I, and because of that, I looked more closely at the design that they did for these humanity Daleks and I'm like, or, or, or security drones. And I'm like, actually, those aren't that bad. I like the black design. A lot of blue. people hate them, but I like it i guess also because i just love things that are black and i I just thought it was like a realistic reinvention of a dalek recreating itself honestly i I like it too but the change is hard and it's a lot harder from the doctor doing it i I like the more explanation of you know this is another genetic variant of the dalek yeah you know that's not necessarily you know the daleks that we have known in the past so that was a good way to you know break it up but when, when I first had the impression that it was just like, oh, we're just going to change the Daleks and, not, and just gloss over the fact that they're a completely different looking species now, uh, that was troubling. All right. Well, I would like to talk about the other really horrifying thing that happened in this episode. So uh, yeah. let me start with the little background of, as we have come to know the TARDIS as being a beautiful, extremely rare and vibrant creature that exists across all in time and space and has a consciousness. And even the Doctor's own has come to truly love the Doctor forge and have relationships, a real... Forge can real feel relationships. Love, can feel love, give love. Yeah, it like can feel pain and remorse and, you know, is a fantastic being that now 
now they've all been destroyed on Gallifrey since the Doctor set off that bomb, so there's very few of them left, possibly just these two, and the Doctor destroys one. But she destroys it without any remorse or without ever, without any dialogue or any emotion and that i think is what a lot of people had problems with. it was horrible it was like are yes. we just de- dehumanizing I mean, you know, I, I these artists like the my remorse because that's what it is it's it was uh, it's a, almost a reinvention or reimagining of the tardis or at least it didn't give it the same grace that we would you know as one of the potential last beings of its species Maybe she was angry or felt betrayed because she was never actually from Gallifrey. That was the place that basically turned her into everything that she doesn't know about. But if she still respects her own TARDIS as a living conscious being, then she should well, respect other yeah, TARDISes. Yeah, it's that a character for the Doctor, even if even if the Doctor felt betrayed, yeah. you know, in a big that way. That was an innocent creature. Maybe the Doctor just goes dark from here on out. Yeah. I mean, you got two TARDISes, she makes one implode, and maybe she could have been like, well, I was doing the world a good, but at the same time, you could have done it a different way, possibly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if, if that is the truth, then I'll say that's a, that's a great transition to then come back to, but I just don't buy that they, they will go there. Yeah, but I, it, will I be, just... it would be a lot more interesting season and story if they do. The Doctor is rarely, you know, a really dynamic character, I feel... After, you know, it's, it's set up in the first few episodes. I, I wish, though, that they had at least had a scene where the Doctor was thinking about it or after the fact or even before the fact, but where she had to make that terrible decision. One thing that they did from both from Christopher Eccleston all the way to Peter Capaldi is where they you have that horrible decision and you have to present that to your companion to show, oh, this is what I have to do in order to save humanity or to save the universe. If I don't do this one horrible thing, then uh, then it's going to be far worse than if I just let it go. And I think that would have been a really good moment if Chibnall had even thought to put that in there. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it even occurred to him the, the relevance or of that. Or if he thought through or the doctor thought through some other possibilities. Like if, if you can remote control is TARDIS or pre-program it, why not program it to go to, like, right near the center of a star that can melt Daleks but not quite kill a TARDIS and open all the doors or something? You know, it seems like there's, there's yeah. possibilities. Well, yeah. You know, open the, the doors in a lake of stay where it is. acid or something. Yeah, yeah, keep it there forever more so. In fact, all the solutions in this story were seemed a little kind of thrown together like so the escape from prison it was you know we already talked about that jack just kind of brought a device and he was like whoop whoop and now we're out of prison and then we have these daleks this great and terrifying clone dalek army made of these recon daleks that are going to take over the whole world and already deployed all over great britain and they just kind of get knocked out in a few seconds with calling you know the death squad daleks and then the death squad daleks get kind of Knocked out pretty quickly by a doctor, you know, saying something flippant, which was great, very doctor-like, but then, you know, doing this horrible act of destroying this TARDIS and, you know, bringing all the Daleks into it. And that, again, was done pretty quickly. They rescued um, that Robinson guy pretty quickly and easily. They sort of jumped in with Vortex Manipulator, planted bombs, grabbed him, and jumped out. And it, it was sort of like a lot of different plot lines that really could have been developed in separate episodes and, you know, had real cool solutions to them. And maybe I'm, I'm off base here, but there are plenty more Daleks out there, right? Well, yeah. 
uh, it doesn't, you know, inviting this all these Daleks down and destroying them all. Like, isn't there a paper trail, you know, of Dalek knowledge? <laughs> that Probably might lead, true. Lead more I, Daleks yeah, back sooner see, rather than later. They have Earth. a telepathic web. Yeah, so you would think that this is inviting a lot of quick Dalek trouble to planet Earth. I will, I will say, though, that the solution that they came up with was almost directly out of Jurassic World when um, the female character in Jurassic World runs to get the T-Rex to come out and take out, take out the um, Indominus Rex. I thought, I, I, that's what I thought when I first saw this, when she went to get the actual Daleks. I was like, in a sense, I was almost like, oh, yes, that's a great solution. But wait a minute, how do you get rid of the Daleks? Yeah, it's a fun solution. I, I was actually cheering for them. Yeah, it's like you, you know, you you have rats and you get snakes to take care of the rats. Then you need to get a mongoose. Then you need to get a mongoose eating bear. And then you know, <laughs> mongoose eating bear. It just goes on from there. You just need a uh, just a mama kill just to stomp them out of existence. Um, there's one part of this story that I had a real problem with, and this is what it was: when the doctor and Ryan and Graham and Jack Robertson all had to go to Osaka, Japan. It took the TARDIS four minutes to get there, but the reason why they needed the four minutes was so that Ryan and the doctor could have a conversation. That's stupid. And, <laughs> and the conversation was basically Chibnall talking to the fans, saying change is hard, and we know that the doctor's going through a lot, but she's still the doctor, and things will continue to change. And... I don't think that was necessary in this particular episode. I think that no. yeah. is something that could have been explored later on. And I don't. And I think it was almost like uh, I, I hear you guys out there complaining, or I hear you guys out there talking about this timeless children. Or maybe it was foreshadowing because the doctor did just like pull that whole "let's get these Daleks and then destroy a TARDIS." Yeah. Well, I, what I did like about that moment, I thought it was really powerful for Ryan's departure and his growth as a character just throughout the whole series to really be able to snap the Doctor out of it, get a new perspective with a lot of great confidence and, and seeming wisdom. Um, but yeah, as, as a message to the fans, you know, you got to do a little bit better. It was. It, I mean, I agree. It was acted well, and I even wrote that in my notes. I thought. I thought um, the two actors were doing very well there, but. Again, it's again, it's the writing that that I'm having an issue with. And I'm not saying it's the worst writing ever. I'm just saying it's right. It it does not appeal to the fan base of Doctor Who. Yeah, although I did like the fact that Ryan still has trouble riding a bicycle because I thought it would have been really cheesy if he could suddenly ride a bicycle. Yeah, it's nice that it went full circle in that way. You know, um, it, they've changed so much. They have the psychic paper. They might be going off to save the world in their own uh, spinoff. I'm not sure how many of us would watch it. I, I, I tried it out. I love Graham, actually. He's been one of my favorite companions. And Ryan, I've just uh, grown to love and love more, I think, as a companion, too. So I, I give credit to where credit's due there. Um Although there's plenty of other better examples of companions. <laughs> Talking about Graham, by the way, I think Graham was rather sidelined in this. And I think part of it was because Jack was there. Jack kind of took over the Graham lines and the humor that Graham would normally have. He became oh. the silver fox. <laughs> well, although, although I have to say, yeah, so that line, actually that whole scene, really, we've come back to it multiple times. Um of where, you know, Jack is like, oh, hey, Silver Fox, how's it going? And Graham kind of reacts. That was great. And then I really liked 
the departure scene. I thought Graham really shone in that scene, though. I mean, I agree he was sidelined for most of it, but that that conflict, you know, that he worked through on the, well, I want to keep traveling. I'm not ready to stop, but it's more important for me to, you know, stay with my grandson and, you know, be, be with him during this. And I just thought that that was a really poignant scene there. Yeah, I thought it was really nice and a good realization for Graham. It made sense, but... It also, I think, diminished his own departure. You know, it kind of made the departure less of his agency. You know, I don't feel, think feel so, because I, I don't know why, but I imagined, like, if I was, like, up here. Because keep in mind, him and, Ryan and Graham did have a very difficult relationship at the beginning of their adventures with the Doctor. And they have really, really grown to love each other. And he sees him as, you know, his own child. And imagine... Um, missing out on your child growing up and becoming a man to go on adventures with some random woman in a box. Like, you know, the whole point is that there is a world here that needs us. We're reconnecting with our family. Like, this is home. You are my family. You are my home. I want to see you grow. I want to be with you, blah, blah, blah. So I felt like it was very hard for him to let go of the doctor, but it just kind of, you could see the love kind of just radiating within him for Ryan and for them to have the last scene of them just doing something as simple as learning how to ride a bike. Like, I just thought that was like the most loving and lighthearted moment of the whole episode. I think it would have been great if they had just left it with just Graham and Ryan, if they had not brought Grace back in as a visual That was stupid too. Oh, when did Grace come into the episode? The sun, the sun, they said the sun got in their eyes, even though the sun is literally behind them as you can see in the in the imagery. And I'm just like, okay, seeing Grace was not necessary. It would have been much better if you had that relationship between Ryan and Graham actually strengthening without Grace. Oh, guys, Grace, that, Grace wasn't in that episode. That was the Solitrax making an, an appearance. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, just have a... Obviously. The Solotrax just the was referenced before earlier in the episode, as you know, a conscious universe oh, portrayed right. as Grace before, and you know that's the sci-fi explanation to it. You know, it's 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 not it's not Ghost, right? Oh my God! Well, they did have Ghost that one time, sort of. Yeah, I do. There are a lot of sort of. Ghosts. Yeah, there's a lot of sort of Ghosts. <laughs> I do like the snarkiness that the Daleks. Uh, had in their speech patterns. That was one thing that was done well with the writing because they brought that back from previous Dalek stories. Daleks do not need guidance. Daleks don't need humanity. Daleks don't need... The, I mean, that kind of stuff, I did like. Yeah. Like, who do you think you are? We're fine without you, you little peasant. <laughs> <laughs> We're Daleks. We're Daleks. Who are you, Respect. Mr. Little Boy? And they constantly were like, identify, and then it's like... Uh, the, then the... the uh, Jack Roberts and Daleks are like Daleks. They're like incorrect. <laughs> and then they then they ask Jack uh, Harkness to identify, and he's like, uh, "I'm immortal." Bye. Oh <laughs> yeah, but I, I liked also the the recon Daleks is sass too. Like when you know, the doctor's just like, "You don't have to kill him." He's like, "You're right, I don't." And yet, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> I feel like they were kind of just like the more like fun. Like, because the other doc, the other um, Daleks were more just like kill, 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 and pure. The other like test tube baby Daleks, I forgot what they're called. Recon um, Daleks. Oh yeah, oh. I like test tube baby Daleks. They're kind of fun. <laughs> um, yeah, they were just kind of like, woo, I'm here. Woo, let's take over the world. Woo, let's kill this dude. They let's were in fun. it to win it. 
Yeah. I think the Dalek aspect of the story actually worked kind of well because you had that very fine, the, the last Dalek that went up to the ship was like, hold up a sec. I am a Dalek. I was the one that came down on a reconnaissance. And, um, and I think you could tell that he was trying to show his importance and that he actually could change himself. He was actually, in a sense, he was evolving himself. And the Daleks, of course, of old didn't want that evolution to take place, even though it would probably have made them better. Because he was thinking outside the, outside the box, I can redo, I can make my DNA come back to actual Dalek DNA, but then I have more information and more, more to offer. It's kind of an interesting message. It, it is, and it's, you know, it's very in character of the Daleks to completely just dismiss that and be like, that doesn't matter in the slightest. We need to exterminate you because you are impure. <laughs> this is the cure. <laughs> as, as the doctor and, and Jack said, the SAS Daleks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, well. So should we rate this sucker? Yeah. We may as well. Colin, would you like to start us off? Oh, I would love to, Shelby. All right. So there's a lot of great stuff going for this episode. Um, you know, there there was um, an introduction, a reintroduction of uh, Captain Jack. Had a lot of great fun moments, throwing a lot of good things to the fans. We had a Dalek battle. We had Daleks against Daleks. Um, we had um, a fleshing out of a, a new uh, character, definitely in a nice evil villain foil. Um, you know, that's gotten a little bit more depth and development. We saw the departure of a couple characters, too. Um, but I, I do feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities for all of the great potentials that there was. It, it seemed like it tried to do too much kind of in one without a lot of direction and meaning behind kind of each action to me. It's really, it seemed forced together um, in, in a lot of ways. So I, I wanted to love this episode. It's a fun romp, do not get me wrong. Um, but, uh, just some of the, uh, the weaknesses that we've already mentioned here. And I think just the, the ending too, it was like, I should have been more emotional with Ryan and Graham leaving. I, I wasn't, I felt like I missed something. I, and I do feel like Graham's departure was, you know, um, sidelined as well. Um, it really was a piggyback on Ryan's. I, I thought at least like he could have a little bit more lines to flesh that out and some more reasoning, but you know, in terms of missing time with Ryan, he could zip back to Ryan any time. The doc could, you know, put him back there. I, I mean, granted that she didn't miss by 10 months or 10 years or something. Um, uh, but I almost felt it might be more powerful if Yaz decided to step aside, too, and had that same realization. That, that could have gone bad down that interesting path that Jace was thinking that we might just be able to set up as the doctor going into more of a darkness mood. You know, having all of the companions kind of leave her there, Captain Jack, and, and once again be there in the TARDIS to ponder it on her own, I think that would have made um, a really intriguing setup and start, you know, if they leaned into that right here. Um, for me, this episode is going to get a 7 out of 10. All right, I'm going to rate next. Colin, I was really there with you at the beginning of your rating, but... I gotta say, like, I disagree with you on the Yaz point. I felt like everything about her character has been building up to and pointing, well, at least for the last several episodes, been pointing towards her being more doctor-like and her not being able to leave the doctor and stuff. And if she had left, that would have been totally out of character term. 
there for it. I don't mean to interject on you, but I'm doing it because I feel like even though that's that's true, the, the doctor-like aspect, I feel like Ryan took on a doctor-like aspect. I'm here to save the world. I'm here to do something, and I, I can do it independently. And I, I am strong and you know on my own. And that's what I feel like Yaz could have had one of those moments too. True. It's very Osgood of him. Um, but... Yes, so I thought that there was there were a lot of great things in this episode and a lot of things that just kind of didn't happen in this episode and were kind of thrown in, um, not quite thought out all the way. So I do have mixed feelings. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought that, you know, I thought Captain Jack was great all the way through. I thought there were a lot of really great scenes and dialogue and powerful moments in it. Um, and I did think the Daleks were done very well. Um, but I'm going to have to give this one a 7.5. Okay. So, I really liked um, this episode. But what I didn't like was the spacing. Like My initial um, reaction to the first part of the of the episode was I would have liked to see that jailbreak be a lot longer. Like you kept us waiting for so long, give us something more. And then after that, when we, you know, got Captain Jack and then all the action went down and then the companions were departing, I was like, this could have easily been three episodes that had so much depth, so much backstory and could have been super compelling. However, it was all just kind of crammed into a one hour episode so i feel like this this whole episode had so much potential had we actually had time to kind of watch it all out you know yeah yeah and um as far as the characters go i'm really glad that um that ryan and graham decided to go and that yash decided to stay i'm really curious as to what the doctor and yas's adventures are going to be because she's a very very strong companion and she thinks a lot like the doctor which i have mad respect for she's not afraid to go out and do things she's very ballsy she speaks her mind i like that feistiness if anything it's kind of like she feels more like a doctor than the doctor does sometimes so that's a really conflicting feeling to have that's true um, right um yeah, maybe she could have been a better doctor. Yeah, I know, she when she was all like, I, I can't pull off that line like the doctor can, I was like, really? Because you kind of pulled it off better. <laughs> well, the fact that they got, they didn't, well, the doctor would have eased her way out of that situation. She didn't. She was just like, I said the key word, and now we're stuck by the cops. <laughs> the doctor could have wiggled her way out of the cops, and Jazz is just like, busted. Fair. You know? So she has her learning. Um, but yeah, I love the episode. Didn't like the execution. Felt a little bit rushed. So... As far as rating goes, it's a little bit hard because the ideas were there. It was just needed to be done differently. So I think because of that, I'll give it a seven. All right. And that's it. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, we're forgetting yeah. someone. <laughs> Hold up a second. Well, find us on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so one of the few times where we actually want to have a doctor's story longer than it usually is, <laughs> um, this particular one has, I think, too much crammed into it, as everybody has said. And uh, I think some of the resolutions uh, were treated very nonchalantly. 
and in a way that I think would disappoint and anger a lot of fans, as a matter of fact. Um, I personally love the idea of the Daleks, and I think that they work extraordinarily well in this story, which it is a Dalek story, but there's also the character piece. And again, we have way too many characters. We, ha we don't just have a TARDIS of four. In this episode, we have a TARDIS of six. So obviously, people are going to be sidelined. Yaz did stand out in this, and I think Captain Jack stood out. Um, and I think Jack Robertson actually got some decent lines in there, um, which was kind of amazing. But I, again, Ryan and, and uh, Grandma, I feel like, other than a couple of moments in the program, they were kind of sidelined besides their departure, which may have been the reason, may have been on purpose. Um, I also think the writing, unfortunately, was a little bit repetitive in parts, and just, and not just repetitive, but I don't want to say dumbed down, because that just sounds bad, but I just think it, it could have been elevated with maybe less wordiness, and a little bit more like simple, um, one-word phrases, or two-word phrases, that would have kind of encapsulated the feelings and emotions that the characters were going through. Because um, this was a very wordy episode for the amount of time and all the stuff that they had to cram into it, to be honest. Um, again, maybe more time to explore some of those things when you have down moments, instead of spending four minutes in a TARDIS that can literally dematerialize and rematerialize in seconds, you've, you could have had that conversation somewhere else and have another aspect of the story, if you really needed to do that. Um, overall, um, I, it was entertaining, uh, but I'm actually going to give this a 6 out of 10. Um, I, th I believe that this particular episode just... Does, it was more in the middle for me. It, it wasn't as, as strong as I, I was hoping it could be. Yeah. But I do give kudos to the, the, the new Dalek design. I love the fact that the old Daleks came back. And who can't like Captain Jack? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, he automatically puts two points on the board just by showing up. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Well, one thing that I noticed, you know, before we depart is that, you know, I, I watched this twice. And the first time I liked it a lot more because um, I was distracted by a lot of different, you know, exciting elements. And then the second time I realized, wow, this really isn't as cohesive as a story as it should be. It started, it seemed to start out okay, because it, it was very intriguing with, with Jack Robertson and the Secretary of Technology, who then becomes the Prime Minister. I feel like there was a lot more to do with that particular part of the story, and it was setting it up. So that's why it felt like it would have been like a two-part story in the first place for me. You, you know, they, they, I mean, they could have, you know, turned this into, <clears throat> I mean, if they really wanted to, they could have turned all the things that happened in this episode, it, like, into an entire season arc. And yeah, or peppered a, them into throughout. A, into in a whole movie. I feel like this happens a lot, almost. Like, Thank where you. we have, like, an episode that should be the length of a movie, and they try to do too many things and have these big epic moments, when it's like, take it at a reasonable pace. Well, because then there's other episodes where it's like they're really working hard to fill up space, and it's like, spread out this stuff better. <laughs> Especially classic too. Yeah, <laughs> that's really spread out. What was your rating again, Michael? A six? Yeah, I gave it a six out of ten. 
Yeah, I was thinking about rating it lower, which is why I hesitated during my rating. The only reason I didn't rate it as 6.5 was because, I mean, cinematography of this episode was amazing. You know, the plot was a good idea, even though it wasn't, like, you know, super done in the best way and spaced out the way I would have liked. So I had to give credit to, like, you know, the most important parts of the episode were good. It's just, you know unfortunate things happened. Yeah, that, that resonates with me a lot. I, yeah. I want to say, like, as a critic, I should rate this as a 6, but as a fan, it at least gets a 7. I mean, it's the best we could do with Jody. I mean... <laughs> well, I, I think it's, I think it's the best we could do with Chris Chibnall. No, we can, we can do better. Let's have some hope for the future. You know, I, I feel like that this People might learn, be his... Doctors grow, and... If if we really are going to immense change, we can change for the better. And you know what? I feel like this might be, you know, certainly among Chris Chibnall's best episodes that he's written. So this could yeah. be a great sign for him continuing to improve episode by episode. And maybe eventually we'll get a good lead writer. <laughs> exactly. Like if we at least give him credit where credit's due, maybe he'll be like, okay, the fans like this. Let's do this. But let's, you know, do it differently, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Michael, do we have a release date yet for the rest of the, this upcoming season? For the, the main primary okay, bulk of Doctor new Who Doctor Who? News, I won't go into every single thing I know, but in Doctor Who News, they are filming current the current Series 13. And it has been announced that it will be released as soon as filming and editing is done. Um, they're going to try and get it out as quickly as possible for 20, this year, 2021. Um, we also there is a rumor, but it is not confirmed that this will be Jodie Whittaker's final season. Mm. Um, that is not that has not been announced by Jodie Whittaker or the BBC though. Rumors. Yep. Are there rumors Spoilers. that this is Chris Chibnall's last season? No, Chris Chibnall is the. It is through the grapevine that Chris Chibnall will be staying on if Jodie decides to leave. So is this going to be the end of Doctor Who? Let's find out in a few years. Stay <laughs> tuned. I mean, to be fair, I'm a part of a lot of Doctor Who, like, meme pages and feeds and stuff, and it's literally just pure, like, channel this, channel that, and no one, no one really likes the dude. But, you know, let's give him props where he deserves it. Maybe that'll push him in the right direction. Well, I don't know if y'all had heard the other news, but there is, uh, they are suggesting that there is going to be another companion that's going to be set up for Series 13 at some no, point. Yes, only. And that's been the one complaint that a lot of people have had, is that finally you get the Doctor and one companion set up that everybody's been wanting to see, because a TARDIS of four is just too crowded, and yet now you're going to add yet another another companion although i would be happy with yaz and jack being the companions oh yeah that'd be kind of cool but at the same time well yeah because yaz and um captain jack have very contrasting personalities where if you put like graham and a jack that would work some of the best moments that we saw i thought thought was them ribbing off of each other yeah Yeah. so that would have been a great pairing so if they're planning on pulling jack back in for a lot of the season i'm down with that but otherwise i, mean, I don't want to get introduced to a new character who's going to take spotlight You're right. away from i got the plan again. guys i got the plan um so something's We're gonna, gonna be something's gonna happen you know more or less with yes and the doctor the doctor will regenerate into yes there we go. We're back to two characters, That's what I was <laughs> and we have and we have a more compelling version of the Doctor. <laughs> that would get really weird having two Yazes on board. 
I mean, we had two jacks on board. No, I, I was saying, you know, what the, the Yaz and the Doctor would be killed off collectively, but the Doctor would regenerate into Yaz. You like, know, into still, the actress? Yeah, into the actress's form, and also have, you know, of course, that actress's chops and, and vibes, um, but also, you know, potentially her memories coming along with the Doctor as well. You know, you could, Okay, you could so that's that very happen. far-fetched, but not too far-fetched. Throw it in a time vortex, at, you know, make it timey-wimey. You know, Capaldi, like was based off of that one character from that one episode. Yeah. And I'm sure, um, I think the sixth doctor was actually in Doctor Who before he was the sixth doctor. So yeah. they could rip off Yas's face or rip off Ryan's face or rip off um, Graham's ex-dead late, what's the proper words? Hey, wife. if they can go through this much change, Doctor Who can do anything. It can already be any genre, any time, any place, Santa. any space. There's a lot of who's going to be the next Doctor pages up there and who everybody wants and all that, but it's going to ultimately come down to what Chris Chibnall decides. And I want to see Fran Dresser as the Doctor. <laughs> that would be very weird, but okay. <laughs> I think it's going to be someone British. That's just my prediction. That makes sense. <laughs> Not Jewish? <laughs> but at any rate, uh, that is our wrap. We have gone through this episode and we are on to the next one next week we will finish off series three all right talk to you guys then all right bye peace y'all